And why Dude, why were you mad at your guitar? You know, what did she do to you? you I know? the only way that I can explain, and I hope that this that any other musician or really anybody can relate to this in life with whatever it is that they're passionate about. My highest of highs and my lowest of lows have been solely because of music. Yeah. You know? Hmm. Music has been directly involved in my highest of highs and directly involved in my lowest of lows. Yeah. So, so I would say that it's always been there. So I can see how there is definitely a absolutely love-hate relationship with the guitar mm-hmm. for me. The Cerebral Entertainment Podcast. Hey, thank you for checking into this edition of the Cerebral Entertainment Podcast. For this episode, we bring you the one and only Mario Spina. Mario is a phenomenal guitarist for the band of Wolves and Whiskey. He's an integral component of the St. Louis music scene, and he has a story to share that is both inspiring and insightful. During this episode, you will hear us discuss football, Mario's past and present music endeavors, and his struggles with depression and how those struggles have transpired into what we believe will be Mario's greatest work yet. Be sure to follow Mario Spina, that's S-P-I-N-A, on the socials, and also follow Of Wolves and Whiskey on the socials, and if you ever get a chance to see them live, do not miss the chance, as you should also be downloading their music, as you shan't be disappointed. So, without further introduction, here we go. Hey everybody, thank you for checking into this here edition of the Cerebral Entertainment Podcast. I am James, and with me, as always, is my good friend Colt. As always. And with us today, the one and only Mario Spina. How you doing, Mario? I'm doing wonderful, guys. How are you? Doing great, man. Thanks for waving to, to Zuck again. We're, yeah. we're Facebook <laughs> Live streaming right now. And right. We've all been waving to the great one and only Zuck since he watches Every single video that is played on Facebook. He's everywhere. He's omniscient. Is that what that is? Omniscient? Omnipotent? Yeah. Omnipresent? Something like that. What was the first one you said? Omniscient? Omniscient. I think that's all-knowing, isn't it? Anyway, Zuck is like... He's all-knowing and everywhere. Yes. Yes. I don't know any of those (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to lie, I don't. It's, It's just to say that Zuck is God. Okay. He is the being, the enlightened one. Right. Right? Are you trying to get Facebook to... Sponsor us or what? Something that would be rad. That would—I don't know. I just want to hear from you. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) That might not do us any good. Mario, thanks for coming all the way down here today, man. Absolutely, guys. Thank you for having me. Quite the drive, but you got to uh, see some scenery on the way. I know you were listening to the the pro football. Yes, was I was listening to a lot of pro football talk, zoning in and out. Yeah, making sure that you know I didn't uh, hit any corners too goddamn fast and slide off the road. While I was out here. Yeah. 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 Love and it's a little wet, too, <laughs> yeah, yeah. out right now. Who, who's your team? My favorite team actually is the Jets. Okay. I'm not even going to lie. Hmm. Okay. And uh, I'm, I don't know <laughs> if that's like... It's a rebuilding year, right? It's. it's <laughs> I think it's like a rebuilding that? franchise okay, yeah. since they've won the Super Bowl three. Uh-huh. And that, you know, <laughs> like, so I'm pretty sure every year is a rebuilding year. Yeah. They're coming yeah. back, though, right? How, how'd you become a Jets fan? How does that happen? So, uh, well, speaking of Super Bowl three. I was, you know, we had HBO and I was a little kid and they always had for a while, they would have NFL films. It was like early in the morning on like Saturday morning, they would play like an hour of NFL films and Steve Sable would come on and he, it would be whatever game, you know, you could pick the ice bowl, you know, between the Packers and the Cowboys, you could pick whatever game it was, you know, they always like, and they had like, you know, heavily orchestrated music behind it. And it was in like slow motion and it was like this theatrical thing. Yeah. And Super Bowl three was the, was the thing that. Came on with the you know the New York Jets and the Baltimore Colts, and uh, that was whenever Joe <laughs> Joe uh, Namath was sitting next to the pool and a bunch of reporters were surrounding him and they were like you know he was like kind of aggravated that he wasn't able to relax and so he was like you guys want something to talk about I guarantee that we're gonna win that game so he's kind of like the first shit talker gotcha. and so like that kind of like I don't know if that just clicked in my head and I was like dude you know whatever and. He wore like white shoes and everybody like gave him shit for wearing white shoes. Like he wore like nylons and stuff like that to like, like he was like the first person to wear like compressive like shit, but he was wearing like, he would like double up on nylons and stuff. It was weird. Like how innovative he was, but like everybody made fun of him for it. Right. But he still talked shit, you know, (laughs) and then they won the game. So, you know, that kind of just stuck with me. And I always had like this, you know, affinity for the jets. And obviously when the, you know, the Rams came to St. Louis, that became, you know, that kind of took hold. Now you have a home team to root for, but sure. but yeah, like it was always 
I always still follow the Jets, and I always like the Jets. So as far as that goes, are you still a fan of the Rams, or are you have mm, a hatred no. for the Rams like everybody else? Does? No, I hate the Rams. Okay, same. I it, it I think the fact that it took them three seasons to turn the team around, and like they're now like playing in the Super Bowl, and they're a Super Bowl contender, and they're always like a heavy favorite in the NFC, pisses me off even more. Right. You know, mm-hmm. you yeah. only took three years to turn the team around and make it a winning team. Yeah. yeah. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, it's, I don't know. It's that's a state, just, man. It's just a new yeah. state. That's all I needed. Yeah. Pardon my language. I don't know for, but yeah. You're fine. Okay. Cool. <laughs> yeah, this is completely unedited. I find it interesting to, to find out who's like, like how you develop a favorite team when right. it's not the home team. Like I'm a big home team guy too. Right. Before, before it was the Rams, it was the St. Louis Cardinals. We had the football Cardinals right. back in the day. Yep. I think they left in what, 87, I believe, yep. 87, 88, somewhere around there. And so of course then I was a, a St. Louis Cardinals football fan. Mm-hmm. They left for a while. And so uh, I had to find a new team after that. And so I just find it interesting how we develop favorite teams like is a lot of times right. it's based off of favorite players yeah like, i really like this guy this guy's awesome therefore i like this team my I, I always kind of admired my my dad's perspective on teams because he really liked the teams from like the north mm-hmm. because back when he were he was younger he remembers seeing those guys playing in like the snow like minnesota vikings or the green bay packers mm-hmm. or something they were playing in two foot of snow right and they didn't care they were acting like it was just no big deal right. compared to these you know these younger guys now who get to play in the the stadiums and with oh, the yeah. nice turf and all all the all the right. all the gear the helmets. Like it's it's funny it's funny that you say that because you do you guys remember whenever the snow like the snow the weight of the snow caved in on the I think it was the Silver Dome in Minnesota. Whenever they used to have the Pontiac Silver, I wasn't didn't they have the Pontiac Silver? That, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and the snow re- caved in and the roof caved that in. That was kind of like, recent, right? Yeah, it was like, like with, it was probably within I don't know I would say it was within the last couple decades. I know that. Oh. It wasn't that. I thought recent. something happened not like a couple of years ago, but I could be wrong. But yeah, yeah. Okay. Snow okay. caved in. Snow, snow caved in the roof, and they stopped the game. And it's just funny that you say that. You know, these guys used to play in two feet of snow or like you know negative temperatures, right? And these guys stopped the game because there, there's a little bit of snow on the turf. <laughs> Man, right? I almost stubbed my toe. Right? You know, you got to wear that helmet just in case the snow falls down. Right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that is. Uh, you know, times change and football has gotten, of course, back then, you know, there was a time when they didn't wear helmets, right? Right. It, it was completely gladiator style. Just here's a ball and try not to get murdered by these other guys <laughs> who, who also want that chaos. Ball. Yeah. Yes. And and so they've got a lot more protective gear and the rules now. What do you think about the, 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 the more recent rules on like hitting and, and they're trying to soften up a little bit, trying well, to trying to keep guys from getting injured. Yeah. Are you pro or are you are you con when it comes to the new I get, regulations? I get the pro CTE stuff, like absolutely. Right. Yeah. You know, you can't like deny the science behind it either. So I get all of that. But I think like the changing the rules to where like you can barely touch a receiver, like you can do all, I mean, everything's like favored heavily on offense because obviously people want to see the games where it's like 53 to 46 or whatever the hell that chiefs Rams game was last season. You know what I mean? That was like record breaking points or whatever, you know, like I get that people want to see that, but like, I, you know, like Mm -hmm. I like watching a good defense too. Like I, I like why I enjoy watching a shutdown defense as well as, you know, an explosive offense. Right. That's why I enjoyed watching the 99 Rams along with, you know, countless other Super Bowl, te- you know, Super Bowl teams. Right. I feel like with all these but, rules that are being implemented, though, like refs are having a really hard time with what to call and what much. not to call. Yeah, and then that's exactly. where all the fans are getting really pissed right. off. What's a catch? What's not a, a catch? What's pass or, interference? Right. What's not pass interference? Right. You know? Yeah. I agree. My knee jerk reaction, though, is that. You know, you're taking some of the the intensity out of the game, right? When you add those rules, at this, and also on top of that, these guys are choosing to put their bodies on the lines and, and their long term, mm-hmm. th- their minds, their brains, mm-hmm. because you know, with the uh, encephalopathy that's going to occur later because of all the hits you've taken, right. you know, to the brain, you're going to have issues, right? right. And, and you've seen a lot of those football players do that. You're making a conscious decision to do that. But right. One argument they have is that you're talking to a lot of young guys coming out of usually college. Their brains aren't even fully developed yet, not right. fully formed, and they're making this decision based on well, money, money and first and foremost. Say you're waving millions of dollars in front of them. Yes. Right. You know, mm-hmm. fame right fortune, off the bat. Yeah. Right. 
who's who's gonna be who's gonna be uh have the wherewithal enough to deny that especially at that age yeah right right? absolutely and so i guess there's also an ethical question there based on those variables right you know and so that's it's tough it's tough I, i don't know you know do you put your life on the line there your body on the line or not you know I, I probably would. Have you have you seen all this Antonio Brown stuff that's going on? Uh, a little bit. You a little bit. Yeah. The I mean, there a lot a lot of it. They're they're saying is CTE. They're really? showing like hits that he's got that he's right. been hit in the past, and they're saying him going crazy is because of CTE. I, Whether that's true or not, I don't know. I'm just yeah. It's it's a curiosity because he's. I mean, I nobody wants to touch him anymore. I mean, right. he's a fantastic player, but no, but. He's, oh, he's a game changer. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the one game that he played with New England, you know, scores a touchdown and is makes a huge difference. So it's like he's an obvious number one receiver, but it's just like he's there is a lot of baggage with that dude right, right. now. Yeah, you know, a lot of baggage. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, if I'm if I'm a team, I don't touch him. Personally. No, I, I wouldn't don't touch him. Even, I think his days in the NFL the, are done. Yeah, yeah. Even though he's obviously super talented, he's he's a like you said, he's a game changer, but right. with all that baggage, there's so much distraction that it takes away from the game. Right. It's and the same thing with the, with their other, uh, what's the other receiver for New England? Is it Josh Brown? Is that the one that who's like, who played with Cleveland for a long time? Yeah, and yeah. That's him. like, he had, he's an amazing receiver when he is actually playing, but he's always getting dropped, like P dropped and like, you know, or he's had mental health issues in the past as well. Yeah. So it's like the dude won't lay off the weed, which is fine. I mean, which is fine unless you're a professional athlete <laughs> yeah. and your job is like, dude, you can't you just like, just don't smoke weed. Right. You yeah. can, you know, but yeah. So, you know, ruins his career because he just can't lay off the weed and then uh-huh. also has mental health issues, which could have been be from playing football for so long too. So it's sure. like, man, you know. Well, and he was in his time was a number is a number one receiver. Right. Well, the thing, too, is like it's not just receivers and stuff, but like that, you know, they you look at hits that these guys have taken in the past and they're like there's some hits that are just they they lay them out dead. Right. But the guys that are actually on the line that are it's not just getting hit. It's literally your your head bouncing forward and backward and shaking your brain. Yeah. That's Mm -hmm. where the most of it comes from. And that's. I mean, of the course, they're looking the at everybody yeah. in the NFL, but it seems like that's not who they're mainly looking at. They're looking at the people who have been hit right. so hard. And, you know, that's when the concussion protocol and stuff comes right. in. But these guys that are doing this ungodly amounts of times every single game, every single week, yeah. that's the guys they really need to be looking at, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Once again, you're, you're putting it on the line. Uh, and I don't see I don't see people changing that decision anytime soon no. to, to play in the NFL. And yeah. so and you, you mentioned the whole weed thing. You know, there's there's been a lot of, of course, you know, you hear a lot in the news about marijuana becoming legal and and the different uses they're looking for it now as far as treating, you know, certain things. Um, sports, a lot of athletes are looking into the use of marijuana for that. So a I, lot of I, former NFL athletes use it mm-hmm, for pain, absolutely right. for pain so. and for. Uh, uh, anxiety, right? You know, yeah. to, to lessen their anxiety because of the hits they've taken, the concussions they've had, it's really rocked their brains. You yeah, know? I mean, like, like it's really caused them long term effects and anxiety and different things like that are some of the symptoms that they're that they're facing. And the marijuana is helping with that. The UFC has just, I, I think they don't, they don't care anymore, do they? It seems like they just they don't even test for marijuana anymore, do they? Like I'm not the, sure what the actual protocol is anymore i don't think they even test for it in their in their screen yeah it has nothing so i mean and i think a lot of sports are going to go that way right i i I, the bad thing to say though with that is that like you have people who like nate diaz who blew up after (laughs) fighting connor and beating connor um and this is a guy who's not going to stop smoking weed there you're not just not it's right. not going to happen. You're not going to stop him from doing it. Yeah. So it, it feels like it's guys like didn't he, that. Didn't who he have, light up at like a weigh-in? Yeah. Or some shit. Yeah. 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 So, so, amazing. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, what what do you what do you do when you have a, a star who is going to bring the company ungodly amounts of money? Right. Do, you have to kind of choose on what what you're going to yeah. do. But the problem was they had uh, Wada and um, what's the other the the company that tests for everything who is who has come in full force and they're going to get everybody for everything. Mm. So I think it's been like a joint effort with Dana White and the UFC being like, 
okay, you're going to have to calm down. Like you're, you're getting these guys <laughs> yeah. for something that they took years ago because their technology is so good now that it's, they're right. finding the smallest amount oh, of something fucked. that could be like, it, it, well, <laughs> but it's stuff that's like, it could be honestly like in your fat cells. And at mm-hmm. some point your fat cells release it into your body and they yeah. catch that. And it's the smallest, like, what is a nanogram or whatever it is shit yeah smallest amount that they could pop you for and it could be something that was done years ago mm. that is not and and, it, and that's that small amount cannot possibly help you beat the next guy you're trying to fight or right. anything like that yeah so right yeah i don't know did we ever get anything back from joe did you ever, did you ever ask uh questions? yes he wants to know does mario enjoy ham products <laughs> <laughs> ask joe joe did you forget your ham joey did you forget your ham <laughs> Sorry. No, it's good. I don't know what we're talking about, but it's great. Well, it's it's just a stupid thing. Yeah, it's a, it's okay. Inside thing. Yeah. Uh, thanks for asking, Joe. That was interesting. <laughs> interesting response. <laughs> Mario, what's up on the music scene, man? We uh, we know we saw you. I guess last at the the Ink Spot Block party right. here right. at, uh, at St. Charles uh, Big Sports, right. Big Motorsports, whatever that place was called. Big St. Okay. Charles Motorsports. There you go. Yeah. Thank you. you it's, go. it's a mouthful. Yeah, it's a mouthful. That, that place that was in St. Charles. It's, yes. Hard yes. to think of the name. Right. Well, yeah. I, I got the St. Charles part. <laughs> a lot right. of motor vehicles. <laughs> right. So what's been up with you guys lately, man? What's dude? We're what just uh, right now. You know, we kind of when I first joined the band, we played a couple shows. Kind of got our feet wet again. It was nice to nice to play. I hadn't played in like a year and a half or so. Um, well, maybe it was a little less than a year and a half, but, uh, yeah, man, now we're just writing music, gearing up, trying to, at some point in 2020 of wolves and whiskey will record at least one song and release one song. I know that we're going to try to do more than that, but I can guarantee we will at least do one. Yeah. So you will hear new music from wolves and whiskey. We have probably 10 songs on board that aside from the EP that people haven't heard, we have about two hours worth of music at this point. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And it was nice to come into a band to, well, it was very challenging as well to come into a band that had a catalog like that to where it was like, Oh shit, I got a lot of catching up to do. I mean, it's not just the EP that I got to learn. Like we got, we got some shit, you know, we got a lot of songs and they're all quality. They're all good. Mm -hmm. What I love about, of wolves and whiskey is everything's very organic. Like it's not like this well thought out plan to write a song. It's like, we just like, Hey man, I got this idea. And then it's very natural. Like we write a song and within an hour, you know, wow. Travis wow. will have words for it at the next practice. He'll say words, blah, 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 blah. Just like trying to get his melody or whatever it is. But yeah, I mean, it's really very simple and, kind of refreshing mm-hmm. you know it's yeah. like like uh, uh, compared to skyburn white where it was like the music was very intri- some of the music was very intricate i know that some of the songs sounded really simple but i mean if you really dove into some of the songs like there's a lot of like little things going on and there's a lot of like you know layering and you know very good songwriting mm-hmm. you know in that band um you know this band the songwriting is still there, but the music is completely different. Right. You know, this is more of like your straight up, like Southern rock kind of Americana folky, you know, bluesy feel. Mm -hmm. So everything's just very natural. So it's, it's, it's very, it's so I would definitely say at least one song in 2020 will be from, will be coming from the wolves and whiskey. So gotcha. expect Great. that. So we, we so. haven't talked to you since, uh, I mean, I since guess. Since I left the band. Yeah, since you left Scott White, I don't think we yeah. talked to you since then, right? Yeah, so about not, two years. Not on the mics, so. right? Right, yeah. Not yeah, on the yeah, mics. Yeah. Talk yeah. right. So right. when you left Sky and White, this band had, was nothing. I, it wasn't even in your thought process about no. going to another band, right? Not even. It was It was a while between yeah. one band to the other. So what. Yeah. How did that end up happening? How did that transition happen? And all that? So when I left Skyburn White, you know, for v- various reasons, um, I uh, I didn't really have much of an intention on playing in another band per se. I mean, that was like not even the furthest thing from my mind. I wanted a break, right. you know. Um, little did I know that like shortly after I left Skyburn White, that they themselves went on a break kind of a hiatus. So 
had I known that, I think maybe the tables would have been a little bit different. Like I would have turned a little bit differently. You know, I might've stuck around just knowing that like, you know, there was an end in sight. Right. You know? Yeah. But, uh, man, I had a lot of plans on like diving into the guitar. I like had a lot of like, I was really excited about just like kind of like finding my love and my passion for music again. And quitting the band actually did the opposite of that. It actually made me just sink into like this hole. And I, the only way I can describe it was like, I just like, I just felt like something was missing and it was obvious. It was right there in front of me. I just left it. But like, I didn't think that because my mind was, you know, I left, I needed to stick to my guns. Like I left the band. This was like, this is my fucking, you know, this was what I needed to do. Like blah, 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 you know, stubborn, whatever. And it's not that I, you know, at the time, would have would have gone. I would, there's no way that I would have gone. You know, if if there was an opportunity, I would have gone back. It was just I was dead. You know, dead set on like I needed a break, whatever. But uh, yeah, it actually did the opposite of what I thought it was going to do. And you know, next thing I knew, I was just kind of like searching for something constantly. Mm. I was in a job that I absolutely fucking hated. I mean, anybody out there that's a union iron worker, I fucking absolutely understand everything it is that you do and that you go through, especially if you do rebar and I love you and I thank you for what you do. I will never fucking do it again. Wow. But yeah. Okay. But, uh, so, uh, you know, I kind of stuck, I, I just didn't know what to do, you know? And I was it, a lot of my, those feelings turned to anger, you know, towards the wrong people, mm. mostly my family. Then I found myself on brink of a divorce come last about last February. Mm. And so, you know, shit just got really real, man. And I was like, I did, I had to make a decision and I knew that I was in this hole. I didn't know what I was doing, like what to do. I knew that I needed to change something, but I had no ambition to change anything. If that makes any sense at all. I felt crippled depression. If you suffer from depression or anxiety, it's sometimes like it can be very crippling. Like, you know what you need to do. Mm-hmm. The answer is right there. It just seems absolutely fucking impossible. We like, talk. We talk you know, about that from time to time. When right. People they have a misconception of de- what depression really is. Yeah. It's not just feeling sad. No. It's not just you know. It's not just poor me. Right. Yeah. There, there's so much that goes with it, both physically and mentally, right. emotionally. Even it affects your perspective, your worldview. You yeah. Know? Absolutely. And so it's absolutely. It's, it's hard to get out of bed, not just because I'm sad and I don't feel like I want to get out of bed. It's that I physically feel like I cannot make myself move right now because it's just hitting me so hard. Absolutely. And, and it doesn't have to be that way, but depression can Absolutely. be a lot of different things, and up to and including, yeah. you know, even paralysis. We talked to a lady who thought she had a stroke, and she went to the doctor after I think a week or two. Well, I don't remember for sure what the time frame was, but he said you're severely depressed. You're clinically depressed. Wow. And she's yeah, that's what she said. She's like, wow, they can do this. So yeah, it, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. it's heavy shit, man. Mm-hmm. It's heavy shit. So, you know, uh, but one of the things that my wife just kept saying uh, was you know, and asking and requesting and I would not do was to see a counselor. Mm. And, uh, I fucking refused. I don't know why I refused. Maybe it was just because like, why? Cause maybe she can fix me. I don't know the fear of like, you know, whatever. Well, it's, like, well, it's kind of like you said, you already, you know the, what the answers right. are. You just can't talk yourself yeah, what's into, this into doing it. You know so, what I mean? Like, that's like if what you already I think, know the you know? answers, then why right. go to somebody else who's going to give you the same answers exactly. that you still have to do, right? But it's not like that at right. all. For yeah. me, it was, you know, and I don't think that maybe seeing a counselor is the answer for everyone, but shit, did it work for me? Like, I mean, at the same time that I started seeing a counselor, I left ironworking and I, because I had just randomly ran into a friend one day that I, uh, was off and he worked for Pepsi and he was like, Hey man, you know, if you were ever looking for something else, like we just had an opening in our warehouse. And I was like, no shit. Like this is consistent work It's inside. Like I'm not going to be out in the elements. Like, mm. you know, there's a couple summers ago where I definitely had heat exhaustion or a heat stroke or something, but I've never been right since like in the heat, like it's, it's really fucked me up. And that's a real thing, by the way, like that really <laughs> messed me up. Like, right. you know, when you puke like four times in like two hours because you haven't had anything to eat and you've been working for seven hours straight in the heat of July. Right. It's awful. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, uh, two things I did that 
changed my mindset dramatically at the time where I changed a job, which I fucking hated. I left a job that I hated and was excited to come to something new, refreshing, whatever, a new start, whatever. Mm. And I love my job. Still, I've been there for almost a year. And then I started seeing a counselor, somebody that I can just dump all my shit onto, you know what I mean? And just sure. leave, you know, somebody who is paid to just sit there and listen to my bullshit. And then I can just leave, you know? Right. <laughs> and she can tell me whether or not I'm being fucking stupid or I have a point, mm-hmm. you know? Did she so, make known what her, her approach was, the counselor? Did she use a certain kind of psychological or counseling approach that she just, the first, you know, the first session, obviously she just wanted to get to know me, mm-hmm. you know? my past, you know, stuff that happened whenever I was a kid, whatever. And then after that, it just kind of like, you know, we always start by just talking about, well, how have you been? Sure. What's your, what, what's the last couple of weeks been like? I see her like every two to three weeks. Yeah. And then, you know, you just kind of go from there. Okay. So yeah, I didn't it know. always starts a small talk and then goes into kind of lets me guide the conversation. Okay. You know? Yeah. Which is, I think what she should do. Yeah. You know. I was just curious, you know, some, some counselors may use cognitive behavior therapy. Some may use, you know, solution focused and some may just use what it sounds like a, just a client centered kind of a free flow. Yeah. It sounds like what you were, what you were doing, yeah. just able to come in and relay whatever you, you were feeling or wanted to, as you put dump on her. Right. Um, and then kind of see where that takes you. And yeah. that, that can be therapeutic, of course, as yeah. you well know. Yeah. And then, uh, so, and then I started playing guitar again because in that year or so that I didn't play music, and then I was depressed. I barely touched the guitar. I had had jammed with a couple of people. You know, I was trying to start a, a like a, for a while, I was trying to start a Southern metal band with uh, Andrew Van Dyke and a couple of other friends. And that just because of me and my mental state really didn't work out just mm-hmm. because I just wasn't feeling it and or whatever it was, you know, just didn't feel right. And so I was like, I'll oh, fuck this. And then. I just kind of was like, I don't know if I was bitter towards the guitar or like what I like. I just, just didn't really, every time I walked past it, I was just like, nah, I just don't have, like, didn't have the energy for it. I was just didn't want to, I didn't want to open up that, that box again, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever. Was it like something in the brain, in your brain that told you that like, that is the reason why you feel like you do like, because you're missing that. And Maybe. You, and, you it's know? one of those things where you can't talk yourself into. Yeah, it's like you a know what the answer is, thing. Yeah. but you can't. You can't right. get yourself to do it. There's like a stubbornness behind it. Yeah, you know, right. Almost. And uh, yeah. So yeah, like, and then I started picking that up again, and I like made a couple of live like videos, and I put them on Facebook of just me playing on Foo Fighters songs, and like I got a really good reaction, and I was like, oh yeah, like I am pretty good at this. Like I forgot, you know, like there's a reason why people had such a reaction, you know, and I don't mean this in any sort of way other than what it is. Uh, when I left Skyburn white, like I was overwhelmed with the amount of people that were like, Holy shit. You know, and it was like 127 fucking comment. Like I just did, couldn't even, I can't even wrap my head around like the, that many people gave, gave a shit. Right. You know? Uh, so I just kind of, it kind of lit a fire and I had started talking with, uh, reached out to the guys in Skyburn white and, there were talks about jamming again and it just never really, we could never schedules just never really lined up. And it was just at the time, like Gabe's, you know, Gabe's really busy with his job. He goes out of town a lot. Right. So, you know, between that and then three other guys schedule, it just never really could work out. And so it was just, and then the idea was that I was possibly going to play with three, three, three Gabe's new, project but i was just going to be a live member obviously because you know 333 is all him you know uh and then that just didn't really work out either time constraints and schedule and stuff like that and then i started jamming with the guys with of wolves and whiskey and it was just simply jamming at first it was just very much like get kind of just get my feet wet with a band again you know and uh they were very inviting they were just like yeah man come on come on and jam whatever no commitments. And then, you know, hey, you want to jam with us next week? Hey, <laughs> you want to jam with us next week? Hey, you just, you just want to just want to be in the band? So that's kind of how that came about. I jammed with them for like three weeks straight. And the next thing you know, it's like, we're going to play a show. You want to play the show? Yeah. <laughs> All right. And then 
That's as simple as that. Started nice. playing playing in a band so with these guys. And when was that show? And that where was, was that at? The first show that I played with them was in July. Okay. I started jamming with them probably um, May okay. of this year. And uh, yeah, so I didn't really have the in, any intentions of joining a Fools and Whiskey. It was just a very simple like, you know, can I come jam with you guys? Or hey, come jam. And then jamming just led to, this is pretty fucking rad. <laughs> and we sound good together. And, you know, we should actually... We should just actually do this. So it's good. Probably the the way that it happened so organically, so naturally, probably I'm sure it was helpful for you. Yeah. Because there was no pressure. You know, it was just like, hey, whatever, and, yeah. and see what happens. Yeah, and so you absolutely. just happen to be grafted in. Right. Which I'm sure was a a lot more of a stress free way to, yeah. to get involved with another project, especially coming after you know, what you had been through. Right. Um, the, you know, leaving Skyburnt White and, and dealing with the, you know, the depression and mm-hmm. not even being able to really have a relationship with your guitar. You know, right. it sounds like you were kind of on not on speaking terms yeah. there for a while <laughs> yeah, with, we were with not, that thing that you love. Right? No, she was sleeping on the couch. Yeah. That's, yeah. 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 And that's just, you know, that's it, it's, it's strange to me, too. We could really unpack that whole that whole scenario with you and the guitar just yeah. passing by. And it's almost like a, it's, 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 it is like a relationship. Like it you is, two were man. fighting. And why, Dude, why were you mad at your guitar? You know, what did she do to you? you I, know? the only way that I can explain, and I hope that this, that any other musician or really anybody can relate to this in life with whatever it is that they're passionate about. My highest of highs and my lowest of lows have been solely because of music. Yeah. You know, hmm. Music has been directly involved in my highest of highs and directly involved in my lowest of lows. Yeah. So, so I would say that it's always been there. So I can see how there is definitely a absolutely love-hate relationship with the guitar mm-hmm. for me. That's, you know? It's just so interesting to me that it can an inanimate object like that can turn yeah. into something that, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah. But, but, you can't even talk to me back and I'm just like, no, fuck you. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, Don't look at me like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But for you to say to, for it to be involved in your lowest of lows, basically that is when it's not there. Right. That is your exactly. lowest of lows. Exactly. Hmm. Yeah. My highest of highs are, you know, when Stone Dog Diaries got to play Point Fest, times whenever, you know, you are direct support on a bill and people don't really know who you are and you fucking kill it, you know? Like that's some of my highest of highs musically. It's like it's just not really proving people wrong, but like people not knowing who you are and then blowing them the fuck away. Right. Yeah. You know, that's one thing that I can say that like pretty much every band that I've been in with Gabe has had that sort of quality behind it. It's like we always kind of felt like we had some sort of like underdog mentality mm-hmm. you know what i mean kind of like even if people knew we were good we were still like we still felt like we had to prove them wrong like right. i don't know we always just had that mentality behind us and i think that's maybe kind of like what fueled us you know it's obviously what fueled us you know in those mm-hmm. bands yeah yeah it's just that has to be the way that you drive that that kind of passion that you have your highest of highs and lowest of lows that has to come out in the music and it's just Absolutely. It's, it's a very symbiotic thing that you have with an instrument yeah. you know and, yeah. and uh, it's it's one of the great things about being a musician is that that relationship that you do have i've just never i guess i've never heard anyone talk about you know actually having a fight with their with their guitar yeah. basically so to speak <laughs> yeah because it sounded like yeah. something i would do to my wife you know right. i would just give her the silent treatment for a while because she said something that was off-putting to me and uh, we would have that kind of a, a spat, you know, and you had a spat with a guitar. Right. But hey, be honest, who's sleeping on the couch in that it's scenario? Totally. It's, yeah, definitely. <laughs> me. I'm probably in my garage uh, outside. But had you experienced depression before in your life? Or was this kind of the first time yeah, you've ever man. been through? Yeah, yeah, I did. And I've, and I've never been like, you know, like vocal about it really or anything mm-hmm. like that. Because I always just associated it with like seasonal depression or which is a re- very real thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and but like when I started seeing a counselor and I started talking about like just the way that like when I was younger, like things that had happened, like with, you know, whether it was with, you know, my mom or with, you know, just time, like my best friend passing away whenever I was in eighth grade, like, you know, just little things. It's like those things at the time you have no idea, like the impact that it'll have on you. Like whenever you become an adult, and you try to have adult relationships. You know what I mean? Like you have no fucking idea. Mm. But it's like, you know, I had 
uh, pretty much a brother that lived across the street from me that I grew up with. And then, you know, his older brother shot him in my basement when I was in eighth grade. Right. It was an accident, but that's, you know, bluntly what happened. I mean, his older brother shot him and he passed away. And so, wow, you know, that's like a, at the time you don't think like this is framing my entire life. You know what I mean? But when you get older, you're like, holy shit, like that directly affected so much after that, you know, so much friendships, mm-hmm. relationships, everything. That's you an know. interesting point you bring up that at the time we don't realize the impact that yeah, circumstance no has on our right. our future, right? right? And that's what trauma does. Trauma, it leaves yeah. an imprint yeah. and it, it, it alters our response to the world, you know, so therefore relationships are, are changed or right. they're altered because of that, that experience. And our, you know, everything, our, our jobs, you know, they're kind of the things yeah. that we choose, our preferences. Everything right. is just kind of manipulated because of a thing that happened right. so long ago. Yeah. And it forever changes, though, And right? then you get a person that has, you know, not you know, not unlike myself that have had, you know, a series of events like that happen. You know, then it's like, holy shit, like that's almost like setting that person up for failure. Mm. You know what I mean? Sure. But it's like, you know, every significant relationship that you've had or like, you know, major person in your life, like as some sort of way left you, you know, by the time that you're 14, you're like, Holy shit. You have no idea like that the rest of your life, you're going to be emotionally detached and like standoffish and, you know, all that shit. Like, you know, you have no idea that that's what it's going to lead to, mm-hmm. but that's, you know, that's what it is, man. Yeah. Like a horrible breakup is. or something like it that, is. you know, leading down the road, you don't, right. you don't trust that stuff anymore. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely alters your perceptions. And I, I think a lot of what happened to me when I was younger, I didn't realize I, w- I was bottling so much mm-hmm. in and not letting it out, not letting it, you know, um, decompress. Right. And so after a while, you can only take so much as a human being and then you end up exploding right on something right. or someone. And it's always irrational. At least it was in my case uh, when I would finally have that that experience of, of just release, which I often call an explosion because that's, you know, typically what happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was always just like something that had nothing to do with why I should have been angry or upset exactly. or anything down the road or you right. know, back, back, you know, in the day, whenever it happened and it just built up so long that then yeah. it, it was just, now you're blowing up because there's fucking breadcrumbs on the kitchen floor. <laughs> something, or something. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. who the fuck put this pen here? Yeah. And you're like, you know, it's a mess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, how did you how do you deal with depression when like in your past or just you know as Mario how do you, what what kind of coping mechanisms or, or approaches do oh. you use as a person to Oh buddy I would not uh, my 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 advice to that is definitely don't do what I did until I started seeing a counselor okay which right. is nothing Yeah yeah I didn't do anything about it Really I just fucking dealt with it hmm. I've always been like you know I I don't know if it's never could put my full trust in in somebody, but like I always have been a person that was just like, fuck it, I'll just deal with myself. Yeah. You know? And by dealing it with myself would be like, A, actually dealing with it, or B, stuffing it under the fucking rug and not dealing with it at all. Right. You know? So. Which depression. Which is probably the answer that I pick most of the time. Yeah. Kind, kind of the same thing as far as bottling. You know, I'm yeah. talking about bottling things. When you, when you kind of just sweep it under the rug in you know regarding depression right it, it doesn't get better typically you, no. you can't just kind of put it on the shelf and forget that it's right. there for a while and come yeah. back and everything's okay usually it, it makes it a lot worse that shit manifests itself in so many different ways yes too. Yeah. yeah right yeah in, in a lot of different ways such as physical illness right, right? getting getting um i guess your immune system takes a hit as well when right. you're depressed and so getting colds and fevers and things like that yeah. just it, it becomes more commonplace right because when you're when your mind's not working right your body kind of follow follow suit right, right? It, it doesn't know what to do i think i think yeah. it just throws off all of your physiology and at that point in time it's just confused i think for me that's where you know the anxiety comes in is because of like just like being so down on myself whenever i was young or just being down about whatever whenever i was young developed into this like you know does this person like me enough? Am I doing this enough? Am I cool enough? Like, do you know, whatever. Like I always just started caring about so much about what other people thought Mm -hmm. rather than like actually trying to have a relationship with somebody. I've just like, I just let everything be like surface, you know what I mean? Just had a bunch of acquaintances 
and nobody actually really knew me, you know? Yeah. So, and then that just, you know, high anxiety, I mean, just led to poor choices and blah, 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 blah. Sure. Here we are. Yeah. That's a, another very interesting point to me that you brought out the way that you, the, the anxiety affected your relationships. I can relate to that, right? Mm-hmm. Because I love saying the quote. I've seen the quote somewhere in the past, but anxiety is basically a conspiracy theory that you tell about yourself. Right? <laughs> so you're always thinking that those people are looking at me. Those people are judging me. You know, I, I, am I good enough? Am I smart enough? You know, yeah, do they absolutely. like me? Um, but in, in doing that, though, I'm completely distracted from actually living my life. I'm not being mindful in those moments at all because I'm all up in my head worried about everything else. You're never living the moment. Correct. And I'm missing opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. And I don't even realize it. I probably lived years of my life like that. Years without even even recognizing that this was going on. Right. Until finally I became aware of what was happening in my head at that point in time. Then I could kind of start unwinding some of that. Right. That that, the mess that I was making inside of my my thoughts. My thought patterns were just all kind of screwed up. I mean, idea what made you aware of that or was it just a bunch of stuff bottled up it just came out at one point i I don't know for sure i mean practicing mindfulness has definitely helped but it happened before that i just started becoming aware that i just started becoming more in touch with my thoughts i became um i've always been very uh uh what's the word i'm looking for inside of myself right Mm -hmm. um Always been very self introverted. Introverted, thank you. Yeah. Very much introverted, and, and always in my head, in my thoughts. But in my thoughts, before I was kind of distracted. I, mm-hmm. was, I was distracted. I wasn't paying attention to what my thoughts were actually doing to the relationships. It was more of a, I think, an escape there's, for me to go in my head. For me, there's there's always an argument in my head. There is like, I'm going to sit down and play guitar. No, fuck that. Why would you play guitar? There's that all the time. Every fucking decision that I make. Hey, I'm going to start this band. No, fuck that. Why would you start your own band? Who's going to start a band with you? Mm. Oh, okay. Well, I guess I'm not going to start a band. Right. You know, just using that as an example. Yeah. Right. Like every fucking decision that I make, there's always that, dude. Mm. I'm going to go cuddle with my wife. Why would she want you to cuddle with her, dude? Wow. She should have left. She should have left you years ago. You know what I mean? Little things like that all the fucking time, buddy. Mm. All the time. I was listening to uh, The Honeydew, Ryan Sigler, not too long ago, and he was talking about that for the longest time he would like have arguments in his head with himself. Absolutely. But it's like things that haven't happened yet. So it's like he, he knows he's going to have an encounter with somebody and he will project everything in his head before it even happens on like, this could be what they said. This is what I'm going to argue back with and back and forth. So he's like making an argument in his head that hasn't even happened yet. It might not happen. And he's just fucking himself up like that. Yeah. And that is how I found out that I have high anxiety. (laughs) <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Wow. Yeah. So, you know, that's what I, I, that's just what I attribute it to. It's like, you know, I just, everything just becomes like, you know, no, would, why would you do that? There's always, there's always that voice. No, why would you? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, why would you, why would you go hang out with them? They don't want to fucking hang out with you. Why are you going to go do this podcast? They don't really want you there. They're just doing it because you asked, them. you know what I mean? Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. There's always that. Right. And you get, and it's, it's, you have I at least for me I have to sometimes even out loud just be like no shut the fuck up you know mm-hmm. so it's a constant battle. You have any idea where the development of that antagonist in your brain came from? How does that how did that happen? Has it always been there? As no, far as you know, I don't think it's always been there. Mm-hmm. I think it developed over just like you know when I was younger I was bullied, mm-hmm. was made fun of a lot. Like, so it kind of it sounds like a lack of confidence. Yeah, kind of. always, you know, yeah. always been like just had some sort of feeling that I wasn't good enough, you know, or that I wasn't going to like just wasn't going to, you right. know. So, yeah, I think and that developed to what it is now where it's like that inner debate constantly where it's like, you know, I'm going to do this. No, fuck that. Why would you do that? You know. And then eventually you just got to be like, dude, that's fucking stupid. Why are you like, you know, <laughs> like, why are you even doing this? Right. Let's just go. So can you, have you been able to, or, or can you feel, or do you feel like you can use that to your advantage? Like, can it, can it be a driving force kind of like, you know, oh yes, I am going to do this. I'm gonna oh go, yeah. I'm going to go cuddle yeah. with my wife. Yeah. Stupid voice in my head. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. Okay. For sure. Yeah. Cause I can see, I could see using that turning it around and using it, you know, as fuel. Right. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of no fuck you moments. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. no fuck you. I'm doing this. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. 
I have a lot of inner dialogue in my head like that too, two way yeah. seemingly. You know, it's not like I'm I'm talking to myself. It's like I'm talking to another person, right? And working things out. Sometimes arguing, sometimes just right. just whatever. Do you have dialogue like that in your head, Colt? Yes and no. Probably not to that extent, right? But I do talk to myself a lot in that, and there is a lack of confidence type of thing in my head too. Okay, that like you're talking about, like right. there's. Um, even when it comes to talking to some people and things like that, I, I, I can talk myself out of doing things or saying things pretty yeah. fast just because I don't know what the outcome is going to be. And I would almost rather not know what it would have been versus, right. Right. you know what I'm saying? Versus like actually putting myself in the situation and going badly. Whereas kind of I yeah. will overanalyze what could have been. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So. Right. Yeah. That would be the difference in the thought processes. You know right. what I mean? It didn't just stop there. Right. It's like, yeah. it keeps on going in exactly. your head after the fact. Down the, yeah. down the fucking rabbit hole we go. Right. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. next thing you know, it's like, you know, you fucking did this to somebody in second grade and they probably still think about it and you're a piece of shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and then that's the, that's the stupid rabbit hole you go down. Right. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think about those things too and have I have those arguments in my head as well. Arguments that I should have had before, right? right? I should have told them this and this and this. Oh, yeah. That's what I should well, have said. If I would have said them. this and blah, 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 uh-huh. blah. Yeah. Yeah. I think if nothing else, it would have made me feel better. But I try to I try to take these things once again and I try to use them to my advantage because mm-hmm. I've tried to fight them. I've tried to fight against them, just just, you know, face to face fighting against having those thoughts in my head in the first place. Right. I find that doesn't work very well. No. It's like it's like trying to not, it's trying to not think of a pink elephant, right? Yeah. What, what do you what do you think of when I say don't think of a pink elephant? Right. right. You think of a pink elephant. It's just it's automatic, and so that's how those those kinds of thought processes work. And so instead, I try to use them as fuel. Like for instance, if I know that I'm going to ruminate about something mm-hmm. over and over again, I just go ahead and get it done in the first place. Yeah. Because I might say well, I, I should have done A, B, and C. Right. right. So instead of I, I know that I'm going to do that, so I just go out and do A, B, and C. Get just get it done. Just blatantly whatever whatever happens happens. I'm right. just going to do it because I don't want to sit there in my regret. Yeah. For the next you know yeah. twenty years or yeah. whatever, however long that might last. But, but what ha- what happens if you do that and it goes badly? Like do you do you fight with yourself about it? Like I should have listened to myself in the first place. Usually not. Sometimes. But yeah. but usually I just feel better about going ahead and getting it done. Gotcha. You know. Yeah. And so we must be doing some things right you're, you're a musician right, right? you're right. A, you're a pretty accomplished band member over the years um we have a podcast mm-hmm. so so we're we're, right. a, we're able to use it as fuel and do something right right for sure yeah absolutely you know and i think it helps uh you know i'm gonna throw joe burrow under the bus but like recently you know i don't have a lot of uh really just like people that i talk to like close friends like close close friends or anything like that uh much anymore so like uh, Joe, I've kind of used him as like just a guy that's like my accountability partner. You're like, hey man, like I'm gonna do this. I need you to kick me in the fucking ass every now and then because like there's gonna be times where I'm just gonna not want to do it at all and talk myself out of it and just quit. So, and that's what he's been doing. So that's kind of leads me to my next point about like what I was gonna tell you, like our little my little surprise for you guys. Yeah, but. uh no, like I've just, I've tossed this around for a long time. And this, especially whenever I was like kind of coming out of like, I always say like, kind of like coming out of my little year of darkness or whatever it was, you know, mm-hmm. but uh, like I'm so some point by the end of, I will just say at least by the end of 2020, expect two songs from me. I will do all of the strings. Uh, I already have a drummer lined up. And I will be picking pretty much a vocalist of my choice for each song. So I would like to do four songs. I don't know if that's going to be possible just because I don't want to commit to a full EP. But I will say at least two songs. Uh, I will write and produce pretty much everything besides the lyrics. I'm not a lyricist. Just never have been. Uh, But I will pick, try to at least pick the singer and kind of go like you guys remember the band further seems forever. I don't, they were awesome. Three albums, three different lead singers. Hmm. And it was intentional. The band was further seems forever. There was a guest vocalist, each album. Interesting. So kind of taking that format only except for, it's just going to be each song is a different singer. Nice. So I want to do four, but I will commit to two. So by the end of 2020, I have a name. I don't have a logo, but yeah, it's pretty much all me and I'm putting it out there. And that's why I kind of have Joe like 
kicking me in the fucking ass because there's going to be times where I'm like, I can't do this. Mm -hmm. I'm not, there's no way, you know, like, why am I doing this? I don't have the talent. I've never been the guy that wrote all of the song. You know what I mean? I've always been the guy that's like, Hey man, I got like, I got this 20 seconds of a guitar riff, dude. Is this cool? (laughs) You know? And then Gabe or somebody would run with it, Mm -hmm. you know, or Gabe would bring me 30 seconds of a guitar riff and then I would run with it. I've never been the person that completely wrote the whole fucking thing. So there's a lot of like putting myself out there like, you know, are you going to be able to do this? Can you do this? And fuck yeah, I can. I can definitely do it. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, I've played guitar since I was 13. If I can't write a complete song by now, like what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> you know. Do, do uh, you have a do you have vocalists in mind already? Uh I do. Yeah. I do. Uh, I I'm do. Not asking, throw, I'm not asking you to name I do. drop. I'm just curious. No, I do. Head, do. I have uh, at least two okay. that I've been throwing around. Um, I have not talked to them, so that's why I don't want to name drop <laughs> at this point. Because uh, like all of the songs are still in baby stages, right? You know, like Joe and Jake, the drummer, are the only people that have heard any of it besides my wife. So, you know, there's some that are further along than others, and then there's you know, I have a solid four right now. I have no intention. I have no idea at least of which one is going to be recorded first or whatever. You know, it's just everything's in baby stage. Long-term goal is by the end of 2020, I would like to have four songs, but I will commit to two. So as far as mixing and stuff like that goes, are you going to do that on your own? Or are you going to pick I'm a gonna, to I to? Well, I can't. I don't really know much about the engineering side. Gotcha. Uh, Joe... And uh, his friend have a, well, pretty much Divide the Empire goes to Firebrand Recording Studios. Right. And I will be going there because I think that, uh, from what Joe told me, that a good friend of his works there. Nice. And so Joe will be co-engineering along with that person just so I can kind of have another songwriter kind of frame of mind. There's another person there to be able to bounce. You know, because a lot of times in the studio, you're like, you know, man, I really think that something needs to go here. You know, and you, a lot of it's spontaneous. You know, you come up with a part like right off, you know, within 10 seconds before you're going to, or, you know, not 10 seconds, but within 30 minutes of recording the song. Right. So, you know, it'll be nice to have another person there to be able to bounce that off of. So, yeah. Hmm. Nice. So you're going from doing nothing for a year to doing everything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, whole, yeah. the whole kit and caboodle. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I know that of Wolves, we're chomping at the bit to get new music out. Mm-hmm. Like, we're definitely chomping at the bit. And that is a priority as well. So I want to make sure that the two don't collide with each other, you know. And at this point, I don't have... Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. Uh, at this point, I don't have any intention of even getting a live band together or anything like that. So it's not even like a... This is mostly just, like, music that I've written that of wolves really can't use or wouldn't use or doesn't fit the format. Mm-hmm. And I just need another outlet, you know? Yeah. So that's simply just another outlet. So that's, that's the driving force behind this endeavor is just needing to get that music out. Needing, needing to, to get it out, clear the palette. Yeah. I need to make room for more. Gotcha. I got too much shit built up, like too many ideas, you know, like musically going mm-hmm. on that I can't concentrate, you know? So it's like, I need to get, at least these four out of here so I can make room to concentrate on another four. And maybe it'll just be, a you know, one, you know, I don't know if it'll be a once a year thing that I just put out maybe two or four songs or whatever. But mm-hmm. yeah, like I said, uh, at this point, I don't have any intention of making it a live thing. You know, my main thing, my main gig, if you would, it would be a wolves and whiskey. And this will just be kind of like a man behind the curtain thing, you know, put the music out, mm-hmm. give it to Cornbread. Maybe he'll play it. Maybe he won't give it to my friends, <laughs> you know? So it'd be, it'd be cool. Like, I like the idea of having a different vocalist for different songs Me too. a lot. Me too. It'd be cool. Like, it's one of those things that that, if that catches on, you may have people, you know, if those first few songs come out really freaking awesome, yeah, you know, you may have people knocking down your door, but local vocalists and yeah. stuff who are like, I want to be on one of these. I will tell you with the amount of anxiety that I'm feeling about it right now, that the shit won't be put out unless it's <laughs> righteous right. and really yeah. good. So I will not let anybody else hear it unless I am like 100% proud. Right. You know, so got a lot of work to do, right. uh, you know, but it's just, it's like, I, it's something that I 
I'm really passionate about and I've molded over in my head for a long time. And so now that every I'm kind of riding the wave of everybody doing their own thing, right? You know, because you got Wiley doing Diet Criminal. Mm -hmm. Got Gabe doing 333. You have Ryan Cheney doing Ryan Cheney. Yeah. So Mario's going to do Mario. You'll be, I mean, you'll be the first like guitarist to do that. Right. I guess. At least, well, you at least know, in St. Louis scene. That was what I was thinking. I was like, you know, this is just something really cool. I have a lot of friends that are really good singers. And I have a lot of friends that uh, I feel like I could kind of like maybe write a song geared towards their style just because being a guitar player, you kind of are able to adapt that way. At least I am. I don't know, you know, a lot of, if a lot of guitar players are, but I just kind of always prided myself on being very adaptable to the situation. So it would be cool to like, you know, I, I will say that at this point, the riffs that I have aren't geared towards any one lead singer. So it's going to just be kind of like, hey, he's, you know, hey, here's these four songs. Pick which one that you like the best and, you know, get after it. Mm-hmm. Right. But uh, eventually it would be cool to, you know, kind of gear the song towards, right. you know, a style of, for example, Ryan Cheney or, you know, Randy from Divide the Amp or whoever, you know. You got you got me racking my brain right now, like right. all these different vocalists right. in St. Louis, like the, some that aren't even in bands anymore. That, the only the only yeah yeah well me too buddy yeah I'm sure yeah but uh, there's two to three that I have in mind that I really will be my number one choice. There's one there's a cover song uh, that I'm gonna do by a band called Elliot. Uh, and if you guys have never heard of the band Elliot, Mm-mm. they're from like the early 2000s. They have one of just fucking unbelievable album called False Cathedrals hmm. that is just amazing. But uh, there's a song on there. Uh, and it's called Blessed by Your Own Ghost. And it's like just the title alone kind of like struck me. I don't know. Just I don't know what I took from it. It's just like Blessed by Your Own Ghost. It's almost kind of like a blessing and a curse in a, in a way kind of thing. You know what I mean? I don't know. I've always kind of associated that with being a musician as well. It's kind of a blessing and a curse, mm-hmm. but, uh, but yeah, so I definitely have a lead singer in mind for that. And he has no idea, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, and, and I don't think that it'll be an issue either. Right. But uh, so when, and I want to put that out first, so I guess maybe it'll be three songs possibly this year, two original and a cover. Or maybe I'll just go to original, at least two songs. Mm-hmm. I'll commit to that. <laughs> Whether one is going to be an original and then the other is a cover, or that it's just going to be too original, I don't know yet. But well, you, you have to do it now because you just what the cover? Sure. The, you know, the, the songs you just said on the podcast. So yeah, well, yeah. Now, now okay, well, I'm doing it's it. It's out there now. Yeah, it's out there now. It's out there now. We're not going to take that part out, right? So keep yeah, you accountable. I, I was just going to say that it seems like you have a whole year to do it, but 2020, the end of 2020 is going to be here yeah. before you know it yeah. kind of thing. So. Yeah. Especially whenever you have, you know, you involve a wife and kid and, uh-huh. you know, and everything too. Mm-hmm. And, being oh, yeah. in and all of the weekends well. where it's like, you know, you're just jam packed with shit that you have to do. Mm-hmm. You have no time. Mm-hmm. So sweet. Yeah. It, it does, the year that you had the rough year, does that, was that a, a motivation for you to do all this? I mean, Absolutely. Are, do you feel like you're energized now? Like Absolutely. maybe even, Absolutely. I feel, I feel like that the, the, I feel like the riffs that I've been writing are some of the best that I've ever written. Awesome. So, cause there's a lot of passion behind everything, every decision that I've been making, you know, I'm getting, kind of getting emotional right now. Uh, there's a lot of passion behind everything that I've been doing right now. So mm-hmm. I feel like it's, uh, definitely fueled and reignited a fire that I haven't had in a long time. Yeah. You know, as far as my instrument. So, it's hard to put it down whenever I pick it up, yeah. you know, and that's been a long time that I've felt that. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Is there a reason why we didn't do a live riff today? Yeah, we, should, but... we should have done something today. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but I, I know that this is, it, it's oftentimes, this kind of cliche-ish, but oftentimes we come into our best after we've hit our lowest, you know, when we've had our worst, when we come oh, out yeah. of that on the other side. Yeah. So 
for me, I'm sorry that you had to go through such a tough year, but I'm super excited that it's Dude. got you on fire again. So I'm yeah. looking forward to, to it's nice, you know, and and it's not what was awesome about it is it's not what I had initially planned whenever I was kind of coming out of mm-hmm. or like, you know, I guess for lack of a better term, waking up, you know, like I uh I had kind of envisioned like, you know, all right, SBW is going to get back together. Like, it's going to be like, we never fucking left. And they were like, we're going to write all this music and all this other stuff. And dude, life just kind of has a different plan for things. You know, nobody expected that, you know, I would be in a completely different band and, you know, or at least I never expected that I would be in this band as well as be doing, trying to do my own thing, you know? So you just never know you know, what the, what the hell is going to happen. And that's why it's kind of just learning to go with the flow of things is just so much better than getting yourself amped up with all these plans and all these, all this pressure that you put on yourself. You know, it's kind of like, those are good. Set your goals for sure, but also ride the wave, you know? Right. So, yeah. It's like, you know, it's going to happen, but right. how it happens, you got to just let happen. Right. You can't right. force it. You're gonna get it's there, not man. going to happen. You're going right? to get there. Yeah, mm-hmm. but ride the wave. You know, let it take you there. Right. So yeah, do lot, the work for sure. Absolutely. But yeah, a lot of great advice in all of this, though. A lot <sighs> of great insight. Hopefully, others others can gain from that too. Uh, as far as riding the wave and not not putting too much pressure on yourself, because it ends up being counterproductive. That's the story of my life. I do absolutely. I, I'm always my my own worst enemy because I. I just put too much pressure on myself or I try try to control the universe too much and the universe just smacks me and says, that's not going to happen. Right. You need to sit back and just let things ride, ride the wave as you put it. It's important. But but also get back on your feet. You know, if if you're struggling with any kind of, whether it's you consider it a mental health issue or not, whether maybe you have depression, anxiety, things like that, or you're just suffering from a bad time. Maybe you're just in a bad spot in life right now. Right. Hang in there. Yeah, man. You know, hang in there because you don't know what's going to happen on the other side. There are too many people that are giving up, um, you know, early and right. to the to the extent of maybe even committing suicide sometimes. And, and man, hang in there. Don't don't give up on that because you don't know what's going to happen next. Your greatest work is still yet to come. Right. If you can believe in that, you know, I, I hate to get heavy on you guys, but there's a a child that just committed suicide in Herman because of mental health and yeah, you know, feeling down on himself and whatever. So, you know, I mean, the shit's real, you know, people can try to brush it off and just, you know, laugh at you or, you know, Oh, boo hoo, just get up and go to work. Blah, blah, blah. blah. Well, dude, it's a little bit fucking harder than that, man. Mm-hmm. You know, do you, that's an interesting thing. Do you think that's, uh, like, why do you think a child would pick that as a route for, like, do you, do you think that has to be something that they've been taught or they or that's a society uh, thing yeah, that a I child mean, would pick suicide? When you're that to young, like, of- you know, I can tell you right now that whenever I was that young, like, shooting myself was not even a, right. that was not even a thought in my head. Right, and that's why know? I ask, yeah. So it's definitely learned behavior, I would definitely say. Right. You know, mm-hmm. where, who, you know, who knows? Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, I, I never, I didn't have that. You know, I didn't yeah. have that growing up, of course. Right, I right. was a happy kid. Yeah. So I, I don't, that's why I'm asking because I didn't, I didn't have it. I'm just curious. Yeah, yeah. 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 I had a lot of unhappiness in my childhood, not because of my family, because of everybody else typically. You know, like you mm-hmm. mentioned, getting bullied at school, things like that. Right. I was just an outsider. I was very socially awkward, very shy right. to a detriment. I mean, it was just, it was terrible. And it, yeah. it haunted me all throughout my school years until I got to college and I was able just to open up. But before that, it was just, it was very, very hard. And but that never crossed my mind though to to take my own life. So that, it's a great question because that thought has to come in there somewhere. That that idea has to come to. But it's it's the pressure that it could be bullying a lot of times. It could be you know just depression, anxiety. Some, and it could be you know them. You hear about that stuff a lot now. Yeah. Yeah. On the media. Right. You know, in the media. That's you know, right. Whereas when we were kids, like you just you just people. People committed suicide when we were kids. You just didn't hear about it. Yeah, it just wasn't all over social media. It wasn't all over. To, yeah, exactly. To transfer the information. Yeah, exactly. True. True. Yeah, that, that, that's got to be. There's something to that too. No yeah. doubt that it's proliferated. Right. Because I mean, because of media. Minutes after a body's discovered, we find out. You know what I mean? It's, so it's just like you know. Right. Yeah. But 
Mario, we really appreciate you coming down and jumping on, talking about some heavy stuff with us. Yeah, absolutely. And, and once again, I'm glad that I got to see you and yeah, talk to you. I'm glad I got to hang out with you guys, man. I'm also glad that our listeners get to you know hopefully take in a lot of the message that you hopefully, brought us today. All I want people to know is that like you're not alone. Other people are going through it. Just show love, show compassion, mm-hmm. and just give a shit. Yeah, you know, just give a shit. That's it. Yeah. That's what's up. And look man. forward to new music from A Wolves and Whiskey. And I, I guess I can name drop, but my new project is going to be called We Cannot Escape or We Can Escape. The name of the the name is very important to me. It's just kind of like something that like I wish somebody would tell me whenever I was in the thick of it. Mm-hmm. You know, you can escape. We can do this. We can do this. So we can escape. Perfect. Yeah, I'm yeah. glad. I'm glad you name dropped that. Yeah. yeah, I'm glad to know that. That's awesome because knowing the story so, behind it, yeah, is so fantastic. Hopefully soon I'll get Facebook and all that bullshit up and running. I don't have Instagram. Thank you for reminding me about that, Colt. Uh, <laughs> I just wanted to promote it wherever I could, and I was <laughs> yeah. just like, this yeah. guy don't even have an Instagram. I'm like, what dude, I am so technically dumb. Like, <laughs> like uh, I'm still like button by button, like uh. <laughs> Pencil pusher or button pusher. But yeah, so we can escape a Wolves and Whiskey 2020. Expect music from both. Perfect, man. We're awesome. going to be looking out. We'll promote you at every turn. Absolutely, Every, every chance man. we get. So yep. we'll stay in Love touch, you guys. Man. Thank you for having me. Yep. No Thank problem. you and for we, coming down. We also have Michelle Gooden Grosso. Is that yeah. how you say your last name? It says, excited, can't wait, good luck. Absolutely, you can do it. Awesome. Thank so, you. Tell her thank you very much. Perfect. Yeah. Awesome. All right. And we're out. Sweet. Thanks again to Mario Spina and thank you to the CEP listener. Remember that word of mouth is a golden thing for us, so don't forget to tell your friends and fam, that's family, about the great variety you hear right here on the CEP. Please subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you consume your podcasts to keep the variety coming straight to your ear holes with the automaticity. We love it when you give us all of your love on the socials, so please, in fact, give us all your love on the socials, and be sure to visit the launching pad for all things cerebral at thecepodcast.com. And of course, if you need to contact us for booking info or whatever, you can do that at cerebral at thecepodcast.com. Also remember that we now have the official CEP merch at buyjack.com slash CEP. That is B-Y-J-A-C-K dot com slash CEP. So get online and get your CEP gear today. That's all I've got. So until next time, be sure to keep those big, beautiful brains of yours nice and warm out there. See ya.